So today on our Tech for Business podcast, we're joined by Kyle, our CEO and president, Rob, our director of services, and Jake, our assistant director of services. So welcome. Thank you guys for, for making time and coming here today. So we're talking tech trends of 2024, but I'd actually like to start a year ago. We had a similar podcast with all three of you on talking tech trends of 2023. So I'd like to start with what we discussed then, which was a lot of cloud, a lot of cloud movement to the cloud, assessing your your infrastructure and what you have. AI, we talked a lot about that and integration. We talked a little bit about augmented reality. We spoke a little bit about. So my first question is, is that true? Is that what we saw in 2023? And what else would you add to that list now at the end of that year? <laughs> I think I think a lot of what we talked about last year definitely gained traction. We saw a lot of, of movement in those areas. Were they necessarily the end-all be-all of, of the technology 2023? You know, I, I think cloud just continues to grow. I think we we were seeing just a constant migration towards cloud, and I think that's going to be something that's with us for a number of, of years. Augmented reality, I, I think we've been talking about that for a few years, and I was even before this, I was mentioning, you know, I think this might be a year we start to see it really take hold and more of a business focus. I think it shows a lot of promise, but we didn't really see a huge uptake in it in the business world in 2023. So that's that would be maybe a little bit of a miss on on our on our conversation from last year. And then I think the last thing from from my point of view really is probably around things that maybe we didn't talk about last year that for us uh, as a as a support entity really came down to some of our tools and tools that we thought were going to really be kind of our our go-to in 2023 that we found maybe didn't hit the mark and so we had to make it some changes and and so I think from from the support standpoint of and business and, and supporting our customers we found some some surprises in 2023 <laughs> that, yeah. that we're, we're, we're making some changes here in 2024. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I mean, I would, on the AI, I think as we approach the end of the year, we were seeing, and we have continued to see, the integration of AI has shown up in the product. So I don't, yeah. I wouldn't call that a, a miss. I, I think it was early on it, but it's definitely was manifesting itself into the product sets that that we use and see. We did see the launch of the Microsoft Copilot into the enterprise space. It's not in our sides on it. That has definitely shown up. I think, you know, a lot of different business uses and marketing and other sides with products like copy.ai, certainly people using the chat GPT, you know, for and the other integrations, the Bing enterprise role outside of the, of the chat GPT, all that stuff really started to become, you know, exposed and utilized within different business aspects, sides of it. So that that definitely did certainly in Q4 towards the end of the year really started to show up and I there with the copilot launch going more general availability side of that, I think, you know, there's definitely gonna be a lot of AI side in 2024. That's gonna there's just no way that that's not gonna be manifested itself in a lot of different ways. I, I do think the there's gonna be a lot of discussions around you know, the risk components of it, certainly the data protections and a lot of, you know, the cybersecurity and governance groups are going to have a lot, a lot of discussions about what that looks like, what it's touching, 
what's the security of that data set? You know, I, I, my understanding is that has already shown its head in the in the co-pilot with the enterprise groups quite a bit because they are surprised at how much it is transversing within their data sets. So <laughs> I think a lot of ring fencing and a lot of different things are going to start showing in there. But super excited for what that promise will come. I mean, I think AI showing itself, all the expert sides of it, and I would agree with this statement side of it is the augmentative use of AI to the people where it's leveraging and allowing people productivity to be enhanced by using AI um, as an assistant um, into it, I think is, is deserves a lot of promise. I, you know, the, the doom and gloom of it replacing a lot of workforce side of it, why at some points along the line, that certainly, you know, is, is likely to happen in certain areas. I, it is that augmentative side of it that's going to definitely produce a lot of benefit. We've already seen that in some areas already. It's, and I think that's why the Microsoft Copilot stuff is pretty exciting because a lot of things that do take a lot of time and just some of the stuff you've seen in even Teams from transcription and note taking and other stuff, it, it's it's pretty incredible. I mean, it, it is a huge time saver. So um, super excited for that. Augmented reality, you know, Apple's got their their headset coming out February 1st or early February. It's announced side of that, that that shipping side of it. So it's going to be interesting. I think there's more stuff definitely showing up in that space still early on in that side. I, you know, I think the general business use in those things is still a few years outside as that starts to gain more traction. But that may couple with the AI pretty closely uh, as far as where that evolves. Yeah, sure. I was I was surprised to see how much of the AI use in a workplace was driven by the end user as opposed to an administrative or IT driving yep. that within the workplace. It's been more, yeah, that end user looking for these tool sets to help them throughout the day, right? Take notes within their meetings and compose better structure to meeting notes and things like that that they're doing within that. So, so that was a bit of a surprise for me and I expected a little bit more driving force from the, from the top down to push these down to the end users and kind of work the opposite way. Which is where the governance and concern comes in. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, man. I, do, I do have the latest Windows 11 23H2 build on my computer, and it does come with Copilot built into the operating system now. So on my taskbar, I have a Copilot icon where I can actually set my my conversation style more creative, more balanced, more precise, mm -hmm. help kind of tune it a little bit so that as I utilize it, it kind of learns my style. I also I also remember a specific scenario in, in late 2023 where Kyle sent out a really, really nice email to the company. And as I'm reading through that email, it just struck me a little bit as just not quite Kyle. And I I, I emailed him half joking. I said, hey, Kyle, how much did you use AI to help wordsmith this? And he says, a little bit. <laughs> and I thought this is kind of telling a little bit. It's like, it's like I could tell, you know, it was really nice. It enhanced the email. I thought it made a really great email out of it, but it wasn't quite Kyle's general conversational style is that you could tell it had been modified a little bit, like he had somebody proof it. And that's where the AI can really kind of come in and help just enhance and, and help smooth out some of the rough edges of your conversations and your communications. Yeah, I mean, that that's exactly the beauty of it, because mm -hmm. you can communicate with it the essence of what you want to convey. You know, yeah. to say, these are the key points, this is how I want to convey them. And it gives you, and you can even, you know, train it into the tone and style that you want it to express. And it becomes aware of who you are, what your role is, what the audience is that you're trying to talk to. So you're, 
you are educating it to that level side of it. But, you know, in the past, I used to use our marketing team to say, hey, proof this for me. Yeah. And make sure, get, you know, <laughs> correct all my typos and all the other stuff on it. Because, again, you don't want to send something that doesn't look professional side when you're communicating to the wide audience side with it. So it's it's just fantastic for that because it does, you know, convey a lot of those stuff to get. But it does still involve, you know, your input side of it. It's taking the old, you know. It's, it is taking the notes of what you want to say, but giving you the best way to say it, which is which is just great. And I think just being able to automatically adjust that side, um, I, I think is great. I've used Grammarly for a long time. I mean, that was kind of an early introduction to that to kind of tell you to kind of change some words or remove extra, you know, I always had a tendency to add extra words don't need to be there, you know, so it's always telling me to strike this out because it's really not needed and all that other kind of stuff. And you know, this just kind of really brings it up another level. Excited yeah. to see that into Excel and stuff like that to help me figure out a lot of the things in Excel. I just have no clue, and it'll save me a lot of YouTube watching. I'll have to figure it out. I'm looking forward to stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I, you can definitely see the enhancements, and that's not even – that's just kind of scraps in the service and some of the obvious stuff you get into, I, I think, within the application set, and you get into the data, you know, complexities – of where all the data sits in multiple data silos and you start having AI to help digest complex data sets and get information for you that can help you make business decisions versus you having to digest all that information yourself or find that, I, I think is going to be incredible just because it, you know, it never sleeps, it's 24 seven, it can, it, and it can look at so many millions of data sets to allow you to be able to narrow things down and even start to provide some suggestions on areas you're looking at, even on, you know, here's an area where you are less profitable. Here's an area where you have inefficiencies based on these metric sides of it versus a person having to sit there and look at an Excel spreadsheet to find that same conclusion. It can bring it to your attention immediately. You know, that's, that's going to be very, very powerful, and it saves a lot of time, and that's that's going to be exciting. And those things are already, you know, coming around. They're starting to show up. You got Azure AI for that reason, and those other sets. I think they're they're co-pilot into the Power BI and those sides on it, where you just present, you know, again these data sets from different silos, and it automatically is able to determine key metrics for you in areas that there are areas to improve upon. You know, I, I think will be great for decision makers and in in managers and you know, businesses in general. I mean, I think it's going to be super powerful. Yeah. I mean, it's it's that automation, which we've talked about before, just just automating those those less complex parts of your job and, and making your job a little bit easier. So we talked a lot about AI. We talked a lot about cloud. I'm going to throw this to Jake. What are you seeing in 2024? Are we building upon those things? Are there new things coming? What are you sort of seeing from your side of the house that's going to be coming up? Yeah, I think a, a lot of our customers have, have taken a, a strong hold within a Microsoft or a Google platform, right, in some sort of cloud space. Now they're really building upon that footprint and utilizing third-party utilities that introduce these sorts of AI integrations to be able to do these additional things within that capacity. 
And then we're also seeing, you know, a continued migration of on-premises services to the cloud as, as we continue to go. And, you know, eventually that on-premises footprint is going to be pretty minimal. For some, it's not to that point yet. Some are, are very far, you know, into that that kind of maturity model of the cloud as they are. So I think just to continue build out of, of where they're at within that cloud space and utilizing other third-party utilities to better capitalize on their use up there. So I'd like to to narrow this conversation a little bit because it's January, you know, it's Q1. There are a lot of people sitting down for their planning meetings, their budget meetings, sort of what is coming for them. So speaking specifically about businesses, what should be on those agendas when it comes to technology? What should they really be planning for or looking at? Is it the cloud conversation again? Is it AI or is there something else that businesses should be looking at when it comes to technology? I mean, I, I can chime in to just kind of start it. There's certainly all those areas are applicable side of it. One area we haven't talked about is obviously the cybersecurity and risk risk reduction side of it. I mean, it is still a big a big part of the technology discussion on on how you continue to reduce risk and and what you're doing to protect your organization side of those, even with the shift to the cloud and doing those other sides of it, you know, introduces more questions. We talked briefly about mm -hmm. bringing AI, cybersecurity is going to have some concerns, oh, yeah. uh, data protection and governance going to have some concerns. So all these come into play on in those conversations. So the, the, the overall discussion of understanding the organization's risk tolerance mm -hmm. and in their risk avoidance or reduction methods that they can do. One key area that really started to be talked about a lot in, in the 2023, and it's definitely going to you know carry into this year's side, is is that term zero trust started to come up a lot, a lot more. You know, if you kind of look at the life cycle of the cybersecurity side of it for a number of years. You know, years now we've been talking MFA, EDR. Prior to that, it was, you know, patching and vulnerability scans and those other sides of those. Now you're getting into a maturity model where you start to understand and you need to have better control and just the application footprints of themselves within it, not only from, you know, supply chain vulnerabilities within trusted apps that they have malicious malware inside a trusted application is a threat. You know, you can put AI potentially into that side of it, that the AI is doing something malicious within your environment, but you considered it trusted because it was from Microsoft. You know, there's a lot of those things. So what you need to start bringing in then is, is ring fencing and application lockdowns to say, just because an application is on a device within my network does not give it full access to either other applications within my devices or my network in general, or the internet altogether. I do not want an application to be able to, on its own, exfiltrate data that I'm not aware of. You know, all these controls start to be things to be, you know, looked at to say, do I understand it? And when you're in a cloud and you're in a high mobility environment, you have devices all over the world, potentially. And you, you can't rely on a firewall now to necessarily say that side of it. So you need to be able to look at each device and have that aggregated into some overall, you know, governments and control to say, regardless of where the device is, regardless what type of device it is, I need to know that, that I have protections in place and I have accountability and I have logging and I, and I have the ability to limit 
you know, all the way down to, you know, trusted application sets. And it's, you know, I, I think organizations as they mature through that side of it, it becomes the conversation mm-hmm. that it is, you, you can no longer just afford to inherently trust everything. Um, hence term zero trust. I mean, you basically, yeah. you limit it down to what they need to do to do their job. And that's where it's at. Where it's where it's at. Yeah. And I, I think we're going to talk a lot about zero trust this year, and I'll make sure there's some links in the description for people who have no idea what that is. But <laughs> Rob, from your your services side, what what do you think those again those business conversations around technology, the planning, kind of what's coming down the road in 2024 from your point of view? Yeah, I think um, from from our point of view, coming down the road, when it, when it comes to the service and support of our customers, how we can utilize some of these emerging technologies, and, and again, as a perfect example where AI can delve into our ticket history for a customer, can pull up relevant information to a, to a new ticket to say, hey, here's how the same issue has come up in the past and how it's been solved. It's going to allow us to gain efficiency to solve problems faster for customers, which is going to help keep the customers up and running and, and productive in their business, right? So that's, that's our ultimate goal is to make sure our customers are successful. And if we can utilize these emerging technologies to, to better support them, then that's going to provide a, an intrinsic value to, to the customer as we move forward here. Is there anything, Jake, that you would add or you see that's different than than what's already been shared? Yeah, I mean, looking forward to the year for our customers, we still have to keep in mind a lot of our customers are still going to have an on-premises environment for some of their works, yeah. workplace. You know, that hybrid type of structure is, has been doing really well for a lot of the environments that I've worked in. You know, the employees still like to come on site. And so I, I want to make sure customers are still putting focus on their on-premises environment as well as that, that equipment that's going remote and working hybrid. So we just have to take that into consideration, too, as we're upgrading that equipment, keep Keeping those things patched and up to date and, and planning hardware replacements in that model for as long as that office location is going to still be in use. So last year when we had this same podcast, the question, we had a broader question of what other trends do we see coming, which is where the augmented reality conversation came up. So so I'm going to pose that and then you can kind of share anything else you'd like to as we wrap up here. Stepping out of the business world, what are technology trends that are are sort of coming down the road for just people in general? Well, that's a good question. Um, I know. <laughs> I'm still waiting I, I, on the augmentative stuff. I, yeah, I'm still, yeah. I'm still there. I don't think that's like I said. We didn't get as come. much on that I last year. Coming. <laughs> I, I, I continue to see incremental improvements in the augmented reality, the the, the types of headsets, mm-hmm. the the power that they have, the abilities they have. I mean, I th- there's a a I think a large portion of the of the work population that has started to realize just how disconnected they've become from their coworkers and their their work environments. The hybrid's great; it's convenient. But it, it loses something in that interpersonal communication and relationship that you have with your coworkers. 
I think that's a, an opportunity for augmented reality to help bridge that gap, to get us back into a little bit more of that, that sense of one-on-one -on -one conversations. And, and you can do that through a flat screen, but having that, that more in-depth virtual world around you through an augmented reality goggles where you can share information, you can kind of the futuristic idea that you can kind of swipe that information up to a corner over here and share it with your coworker. You can you can see them in, in more of a, a, you know, like you're standing there on the conference room talking type of view. You know, I don't know if 2024 is going to bring us quite to that point, but I think we're, we're making progress moving that direction. And I think that's an exciting area of future technology where we're going to be able to, to, to work with. We now have employees in over 20 states and, and having the ability to actually meet with them and feel like you're meeting a little bit more in person rather than just face-to-face -face time on, on a screen, I think is an, is an opportunity for us to really build a better team. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do think Apple's, Apple's foray into this with, with their release site is significant statement. You know, I, I think... You go back to the the iPhone and the other sides on it. When a company like that gets into it, you're going to see some serious technology driving on that. I mean, there's there, there's going to be you know your your Samsungs and Google alternatives and other things are going to show on those things. Certainly, you know, Meta's been involved on that side of it. You know, and eventually, you know, Microsoft's definitely going to come into those with as Rob is stating. I think Teams rooms that are utilizing those that becomes more technology cost effective to do so to to create those 3d meetings where you are you know more projecting the person into a room versus a flat screen i, I think that's only a matter of time that that's coming it's it's but it's it's a start i mean these are definitely it, it, it is definitely starting i think the next the next five years is going to be very very interesting on that as that starts to become more invested into and the costs start to come down. Um, but it's definitely a start. It's going to be expensive in the beginning. There'll be a select few groups that'll be able to afford it. But like everything else in our technology space, it'll get there. Yeah. Starting to see the big groups come on as step one. Yeah. yeah. It'll be awesome. Definitely. Kind of that reconnection you know using that technology to sort of reconnect with with people and and businesses i i'm throw this just because i'm curious because jake mentioned that that hybrid work and then we're talking about this augmented reality jake do you think that hybrid workplace will go away let's say five years down the road if augmented reality really does kind of boom do you think we're moving away from from that hybrid yeah i think in certain you know sectors uh, we definitely would see that I mean, there's obviously manufacturing companies things like that yeah. that's still going to require that on-premise presence but yeah it's interesting how it'll unfold right there's still a human nature of wanting to see people and be together with people that we'll just have to figure out how that goes i still enjoy going to the office and seeing people face to face you know i, I can't replace that maybe necessarily with a with a headset so I don't know. Yeah. I'm I'm a little more old school in that approach, I think. <laughs> but yeah, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Gonna gonna laugh when we have the little bot walking down the hall that uh, has the uh, the projection of, yeah. of Rob shaking hands and white waving people to walk down the hall saying good morning, and he's sitting at home in his duck in his office. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, yeah, I would, I would be surprised. I mean, to completely replace that again, yeah. I think it's more of an enabler, you know, to allow you to yeah. be able to do these things. But you know, not saying that yeah. there's no need to have the in-person stuff because I think, yeah, humans are social creatures. I, I think, you know, there, there needs to be that, you know, time together. But geographically, you mm -hmm. know, and other scenarios, there's just a lot of ways that it allows for, you know work to continue regardless of you know life situations or the need to be in geographically somewhere else but be able to circle in and have an office where you can physically meet face to face but you know do you need as big of corporate office probably not you know so i think i think that yeah. space gets reevaluated as to you know into more collaborative spaces rather than putting people into you know cubes that they don't see each other and they're just staring at a cube wall or they're staring at an office wall side of that, that they're more, you know, embracing of the reason people are there is to be face to face um, and see those sides when you need to be heads down. You can do that. Or, I mean, you really don't need to be there if you're just going to stare at a wall behind the screen. So, you know, I, I think it's just reevaluations of those space and the uses sides, but I don't see it going away. I think it's just reevaluating what they're what they're doing. I was I was in downtown Minneapolis yesterday and and it was it's quiet. I mean it's a hundred percent happening. I mean you can tell there is not nearly as many people there as there was pre you know twenty twenty. You can yeah. see it on the roads. You can see it through the parking lots when you drive by large campuses. I know the three M campus is close to our office here. That is very very desolate. I mean there's not nearly the car volume in those parking lot sides. You know so there's. It, it's definitely, you know, you can definitely see they've embraced where they have people working at home and a lot and do it. But uh, seems to be an unwritten rule of Mondays and Fridays are remote work for downtown. Uh, yeah, that's very much the case. <laughs> yeah. you know? I, I go downtown on Wednesdays in the parking garage. All three levels are full. I come back on a Monday and it's like crickets chirping around there. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, where is everybody? Yeah. 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 That was a Monday. You're probably exactly right. The, I was the, down there yeah. yesterday too. And I was like it, one of the four cars left on the level when I left at three in the afternoon. Oh it was gosh. quiet down there yesterday, but you know, it's, it's definitely changed. I mean, you can definitely feel that, but it's, it's not going away. I, I, and I think, you know, I think Rob said, or maybe it was Jake said earlier. I mean, you're definitely seeing people more and more, I think, coming in. We've, we've seen that in our place, you know, Billy, people want to, you know, they want to get out of their house. They want to get, you know, in and see their coworkers, but it's not, you know, 40 hours a week anymore. I, I think they like the flexibility of both. And I think that's, that's what technology should do. I think it should, you know, enable you to do more. I think telehealth and those other things, I think it's great. You know, I think technology and this augmentative side of it, you know, when you can have experts be able to deliver their expertise, regardless of geographic location and allow, you know, people to access those services, uh, you know, that that's that's fantastic. You know, now we're improving people's lives through the use of that technology to do those. I mean, there's a lot, a lot of positives to that and it allows people to spend time with their families, allows people to do other things without, you know, losing valuable time and in the windshield, sitting in traffic and all the mm -hmm. other stuff. I mean, so there's there's a lot of positives there too, but they're both good. Yeah. And, and the opportunity for expansion in your company, like we said, we now have, you know, employees all over. So yeah, that's great. Yeah. It's Perfect. given us access to, you know, a lot more, you know, talent to bring into, to mm -hmm. help our customer sides than when we were, were limited in our geographic scope of where we could find talent. 
you know, so it's allowed us to improve our, our level of services and product and, and bring in some great people to our team. And again, very appreciative of that ability side of it. And their their ability to do their job is identical to ours in in the main yeah. office. There's no difference. So so really, really thankful for that, that technical capability. All right. Well, thank you, Kyle, Rob, and Jake for joining us today. It sounds like 2024 is going to be, uh, have some exciting things coming. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like and subscribe. If you have a question, a topic, or a trend that you'd like us to discuss, reach out to us at info at cit-net.com or head out to our website, cit-net.com slash podcast. We'll be back next week. We're going to talk security in cybersecurity in 2024. Thanks.